Hello, air breathers. This is SpongeBob SquarePants, and you are filling your ear holes with an elegant weapon, the best podcast on land or sea. Bah! May the force be with you. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 215. My name is Jay, J.M. Clark, Jay the Jedi, Ross, Ross, Jedi, Jay. So awesome, as always, to be back here with you in the L5J studios. It's a nice Sunday evening here in Clarkson. I have returned from another grand, adventurous Comic-Con weekend. This weekend, it was the Hamilton Comic-Con. Good times, indeed. Got lots of fun stuff coming for you next episode from that grand adventure. I got conversations with Bob Camp, uh, the usual cast of crazies, Shehan, Keith Grichow, Alfonso, a little bit of a cameo from Dr. Stevel himself, and we meet up with old friend uh, from our time in Philly earlier in the year, Miss Denise Crosby. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to bring that to you kids. Uh, This week, though... Uh, it was a bit of a first-time event for me. Last weekend, I went out to Paradise Comics, uh, which is a comic shop North Young Street in Toronto, and it's a Toronto institution. It's around 30 years old, and it's been there forever, and it's lots of uh, a good friend of mine's... LCS. So it was very cool to venture out there and check out Paradise. It's newly renovated and uh, it's a really, really, really cool shop. Uh, The reason I had for going out there was our friends Sam Noir, uh, writer Sam Noir, and uh, a bit of a sketch artist himself. And well, at least the writer of this book that we're going to talk about this week uh, and the artist uh, Clarkson Kid herself, Miss Stephanie Line. Uh, the book is Skelt and AP. Uh, it's a book for kids, and uh, it's really fun. It's from the twisted mind of Sam Noir, brought to life by Miss Stephanie Line. Uh, we talk about that amongst many, many other things. Uh, T.O. Comic History, the comic community, con life, comic books, con artists, con writers, comic this, comic that, here a comic, there a comic, everywhere a comic book. Uh, so we had a good time. We hung out. It was a nice afternoon. It was a beautiful sunny day out there at Paradise Comics. So again, next week, stay tuned. Super fun stuff coming to you from the Hamilton Comic Con. Uh, this week, though, here is my awesome fun time conversation with Mr. Sam Noir and Miss Stephanie Line of Skeleton Apey. Good times. Please enjoy. At a Toronto institution, my first time here at Paradise Comics. At the newly renovated. At the newly renovated Paradise Comics. Okay. Look how deep in the floors. It's it's awesome. So has it always been this structure, just new walls, um, and lighting, and stuff? This used shelves? to well, this used to be the back right here. So they've they've opened up the back and. Uh, Wait a minute. This was the end of the, the store. Bu- the building ended yeah. here. You're kidding. It, Wow. And whenever they had the sales, uh, they, they'd open up the downstairs and you'd go down and just dig through. Like, I, I've been doing this for, for I don't know, 20 years now, coming to, to 
paradise going downstairs and just yeah digging through through uh, their their shelves and bins full of stock okay so the downstairs it's not open to the public usually it used to be it will be again and sir what's your name dude matt 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 is the uh not the owner but proprietor working today matt the shopkeep lowly employee the shopkeep Um, but yeah, this place is steeped in history. Well, like you're saying, you've been so. coming here forever. And was yeah, yeah, it's my local. Well, it, yeah. oh, this is. Uh, this is it's all good. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it's uh, it's essentially my my local comic store, and and yeah, been coming here for ages. And this, uh, if anybody heard our episode, or as I've touted Aaron's episodes on Speech Bubble, as we were talking about with Kevin Joseph, uh, Paradise Comics heavily involved with the early days. Of what you could maybe the the call convention the, the scene, con yeah, wars, the great con wars of Toronto. <laughs> so you started coming here just because you're a local kid in the area. Uh, pretty much. I mean, uh, I I I moved to I moved I I come downtown, but then when I first moved to, to Toronto, it, right. yeah, uh, it was a great store, and I just I I just love digging through bins, you know, yeah. looking looking for the treasures. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you take your time at cons to, to write? Not them? these days anymore. I'm I'm always stuck behind my table and and uh, you know, thank goodness because now I'm not spending like hundreds and hundreds of dollars at every convention. Yeah, I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, I sit behind my table and I do free sketches, hundreds and hundreds of free sketches at every show, and yeah, that that prevents me from uh, and uh, wandering the floor and, and well, digging through the... You. you make a lot of kids smile throughout those weekends. I try, and again, it's it's a little bit of a niche that, that I, I think hasn't really been there. There's not a lot of, of at least comic... You know, of course, there's Jay Fosgood and Agnes right. and et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, if you walk up and down Artist Alley, there's not a lot of content there for kids. Not so, at all. Not yeah, at yeah. All. yeah. And, and uh, so there's that's part of the niche that I sort of discovered. You know, I've experienced it taking my kid to shows. I don't know if you've ever taken your kids oh, yeah. to shows that there's not tons for them to engage in. There's lots to see, mm-hmm. and there's lots to get excited about. But they just get dragged along by mom and dad. Kind of. Often. I mean, there's not much for them to get more excited about than maybe play a video game or see the cosplay. Yeah, yeah. So Stop get... by the Lego booth. Yeah, and... well, this year was exciting. The 501 put on a really cool workshop for the kids. Oh, wow, in that's a fantastic. Room. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine was there. She brought her kids, and we took them over. And it was how to make, like, your own, like, Stormtrooper costume. And, oh, wow. And how they do it. And they... They had a, they had and a it's all for charity too, isn't it? Like yeah, everything, they everything they do is, do is for, for charity. charity. So. But this was cool to see a room full of kids, all really sitting nice there, you know, way. excited and attentive yeah. at what was going on. Because they took one of the five hundred one, and they dressed her piece by piece. Oh. So they had all the the whole costume laid out in pieces, and then made the kids guess which piece of stormtrooper outfit went where, and they all kind of built the costume together. And the huge and they had a great time. huge thing with with most convent well, a lot of the the big conventions these days is. Uh, free admission for kids yes, so yes. Uh, you often get uh, I guess quote unquote walk-ins from the street who aren't necessarily aware of comic book culture yeah. but uh, are discovering it for, for the first time might not yeah. have ever read comics before and, and if there's you know, if I've got comics here for for three to eight year olds, then uh, that's fantastic. Uh, if uh, such as Skeleton Ape, yeah, uh, Steph and I have a brand new comic that just came out 
called Skelton Apey. Yes. You want to tell him about it? Yeah, okay. Let Steph talk for a while. Talk for a minute. <laughs> uh, Skelton Apey is a um, whimsical, imaginative comic about a little monkey girl and her best friend, who is a uh, T-Rex skeleton, and they decide that. Um, they want a choco cookie, which is in season, because in Musicville, which is the world of Skeleton AP, cookies grow on trees. <laughs> and they are sold by snowman farmers in astronaut suits. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so AP finds out that they have no money and what to do but get a job, which is a great you know, message for kids where you have to work hard and earn money before you can get what you want. And mummy and daddy don't get money just a appearing in their wallets. important lesson these days as well. Like, yes. You know, a lesson this generation really kind of needs to learn. Yes. So, you know. So they, they do their hard work and hilarity ensues after that. And, you know, they have the lesson of, you know, work to earn what you want, but also friendship and sharing and... Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is this amuses me to no end. Uh, on on the last interview we did, I kind of revealed uh, that uh, Skelton and AP are are loosely based on the relationship Steph and I have, in terms of AP being a very sort of gregarious, uh, adventuresome character who sort of drags uh, Skelt along okay. on, you know, things that end up becoming a little bit of misadventures and then so after the interview Steph sort of turns to me and goes when have I done that and then I I rattled off we went to we went to Canada's in the last like two weeks we went to Canada's Wonderland we went to I've never been to a trampoline park and you there I was no and all of a sudden air riders or yeah, air riders. yeah and all of a sudden yeah. I'm bouncing off the I wasn't originally supposed to do that but she's like yeah one of the kids does didn't show up you you go bounce that is a on these things for kids birthdays yeah kids no I've never tried this before and then uh, uh, we, we tried uh, sushi burritos for the first time so she is always sushi bringing me on her Adventures. Dixie and Dundas area. Really? Right by the Blue Notes um, outlet store. So what part is sushi and what part, is it a burrito filled with sushi? Like It is a giant piece of sushi that's shaped like a burrito and it's wrapped like a burrito. Okay, but there's no actual burrito, it's not an actual like tortilla. It's no, no, tortilla no. Rice. But it, well, well, it's uh, essentially yeah. if you ever have like California rolls, yes. you know, you get your little California roll and I never feel like you have enough. Right. <laughs> this is enough because it's it's the size of your head, <laughs> and it's all sushi. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, with lobster filling, and I think I, I, I had, had the lobster. Unagi. Oh, it was so good. Man, we got some great joints in Mississauga. Oh yeah, like, no, as as a and stuff and uh, chorizo right by uh, yeah chorizo. You know where I love right by altered states. Uh, the Slovaki hut. Yes, we went we there. ate there for our last so si- last good. week at our, our he signing there. Was like a Toronto chef. Oh, okay. He worked in some big scale restaurant downtown and decided to do his own thing. So he broke off and started the Slovaki. Hut. The the heroes were so mm-hmm. good. I, I oh my god. Yeah, I love it. One yeah, of the few yeah. places left too. You can still get it on a bun. Yes. A lot of places. It's hard to get the bun on the Slovaki. Oh, that looks delicious. That is the sushi burrito. That looks good. Yes. I'm not a huge sushi guy, but that looks tantalizing. And but. you can actually customize what you put in it, too. Nice. So yeah. like, if you like the tuna, you can put the tuna in. If you want lobster, you put lobster. If you want right. the eel, you put eel in. See, I'm a Mexican food freak. 
for you. So am I. And have you had uh, habaneros oh, across from Sheridan I've College? I wanted to. So good. Oh yeah. So bet it. What's the place we go to mind. across from Scooters? Carrizo. Oh, that's Carrizo. Oh, the, yeah. yes, yes, uh, they, and they have really good Carrizo. Yes. Scooters, classic, classic Clarkson institution. <laughs> Do you remember the odds video for? Uh, what was the big song they had? Oh. The Odds. I couldn't tell you. Oh, I'm totally hearing it in my head, and I can't think of the lyrics. But it was that if big song only by the, the sum total of human knowledge were available to us, <laughs> say on right? on, some on sort a of mini device computer uh... type thing in our pockets. <laughs> um, but they shot the video there with the kids in the hall. At least. Oh, that's, that's right. Yes, right. yes, it was at Scooters. That was at Scooters. Oh, that's so and cool. And also the satellite. Well, just which is closed now. It's re- now a um, halal restaurant. Yeah, it's a halal or restaurant now. For years, it was the Satellite Grill, and Children of, or sorry, uh, I always want to say Children of Men. The other one, Shoot 'Em Up, with Paul Giamatti. Oh yeah, 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 and, yeah. Uh, Clive Owen was shot there. Yeah, that was it really. Yeah, and that was uh, a terrible movie. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, it was pretty hardcore. And uh, Prom Night Three, Hello Mary Lou. Oh wow! Was also filmed there. So yeah, and RoboCop, the reboot, was filmed all around Clarkson. Wasn't that oh, directed wow. by? Lord hold Park. on, uh, Prom Prom Night Two, Hello Mary Lou was uh, directed or written by that YTV host, Ron. Was it Ron Oliver or? Really? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because we're going back. That we was, are again. This 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 ago. is. When did YTV start? Jeez, like I remember when it started. Eighties. Yeah, I remember the feeling a little. Was it though? Yeah. I remember feeling a little bit too young for it because that's the same reason I'm not into Power Rangers. Oh. I was just too old. Yeah, for Power I was Rangers. like grade four, I think, for Power yeah. Rangers. And I was just like, this is too cheesy at this point. But that's also now I'll I watch had. it. I'll watch yeah. it and enjoy it now. But I, I, I'm starting to appreciate the love of it because I have so many friends who are, like, a fellow podcaster, Jimmy McKnight of the Ninja Starship podcast. And he's an absolute Power Rangers fanatic. Like, just lives and breathes this stuff. He's had lots of them on the show, and uh, he's just here. Well, three of them were just at the uh, Mississauga... Niagara Falls. No, last weekend. Oh, uh, the, oh. the convention I was at. Uh, oh, cool. The Mississauga Toy Expo. Oh, was that last weekend? That they was have, last weekend, they, they yeah, yeah. four of them a year now, so it's Yeah, yeah. Well, there's four of them, and then there's four of the Canadian... Toy Con out at the Burlington right, Holiday Inn. There's also the Ontario Collectors Con. Yes, and yes. I think a few of them are all. I think his name's Neil. I think who runs the Ontario Collectors Con. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's an old school kind of guy yeah. too. Yeah, and yeah. I think that he had, like a couple of those shows are his, but he switches up the names just to keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Different shows, right? Because uh, the shows in Burlington are usually put on at least the con, like By GTA Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. Steve. Yeah. And he's great. Man. Oh, he's fantastic. And that's kind of I got to know him a little bit through Anthony Rutgazer. Oh, okay. Because they're both from the wrestling scene. Yeah, yeah. Right, and that's why the GTA Con always has the ring set up. And that's, all the right. Are that's, there. Right. that's right. That's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Buckley, and yeah. and now uh, yeah. for for the next uh, few months, actually, uh, Steve is running a Canadian Toy Con a month. In What's Burlington, all? yeah, yeah. It, uh, well, the metal, oh, in Burlington? Uh, yeah, yeah, the okay. Burlington Holiday Inn. Usually yeah. where the, uh, the, not the GTA, well, the GTA Comic Con was where there Arno one Con's year. But, um, okay. but uh, yeah, for, for the next month, free admission. 
and uh, yeah, it's a, it's an experiment to yeah. to. It's it's a bold thing. It's the same thing with the Mississauga Comic Expo. I know it's a little cheaper for them to put on because it's associated in, in the library, mm-hmm. so they don't have as much like they don't have to really rent out a space sort of thing. Yeah, well, I, still, I'm really efficient. I'm really excited about this trend actually yeah. for. Uh, Comics expos based in libraries. So I know the TCAF, the TCAF yeah. is the granddaddy of, of and all it of these. Has spread from here well, to Michigan I, to Philly. To yeah, the, yeah. People I, know it. By well, rest. here's the thing. I remember when uh, when TCAF used to be my friend uh, Chris Butcher's small show in the church in the annex. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, the yeah. next year it was the big, I think it rained and they had it in tents in the Onased's parking lot. But now it's it's an international event. Uh, I think they have exchanges with multiple countries. Uh, they've got... Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. They've got wow. embassies involved. Like it, it's, I think, uh, what was it, 28 countries or something? Well, it's a classy Yeah, event, yeah. You know? But, but uh, Mississauga, I think this is the second year. Yeah. Uh, Jason Liu's uh, yeah. coordinating that. But uh, we just came off of the Cambridge uh, yeah. co- Comics Arts Expo. Yeah, was that? And then a fun soap. And they ran a wonderful, wonderful event. And you and I were just talking... And Skelton Appy, uh, speaking of Alfonso, has been released through Studio Comics. So uh, not released, but he... But Printed it, and he did an amazing job. Yes. Okay. No, he he did a wonderful job. He he went above and beyond. I, I I am delighted. Well, Steph, Steph uh, went to the the she she had all these sort of bright colors that pop, and I'm so I can't tell you how delighted I am that that they came out in the. The printing, yeah, yeah, so it looks bright and beautiful and perfect for what you guys were going for. But exactly. in terms of library shows, you and I were talking earlier as well about uh, what's now called uh, the Ann Arbor uh, right. Comics. I guess they're all CAF, right? Comics Arts Festival? I guess at this uh, point. <laughs> formerly known as uh, Kids Read Comics. And uh, they, again, out of the Ann Arbor uh, Central Library downtown. And, uh, yeah, one of the most fantastic uh, kids-based comics events. And, and the great thing about a lot of these CAFs is that it's all about the comics. It's all comics. Yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. competing with uh, the, the cosplayers or the celebrities. Yeah. Uh, or folks the are... And the cheaper they can make these entries, if not free, cheaper, people can spend that money on the comic books. Yeah, and yeah. It goes all around. And you've got a dedicated audience as well. Like yeah. the uh, the one time I, I did uh, uh, exhibit at, at TCAF, it was astonishing because usually, you know, you have to have the prints and sometimes the toys and other novelties. No, people were there simply to buy comics and discover comics. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so indie comics, uh, comics they've never heard of. They're they're just so much more open than than you know. No no offense to Marvel or DC or mainstream taste, but they're they're looking for well, they've got their to, thing. To, yeah. yeah but the uh, when they go you go to one of these CAFs comics arts festivals uh you're yeah you're you're looking to discover something yeah i was so, at gotham absolutely. central and someone came to the table and said i want local comics and i'm sitting there with andrew thomas and both of us look at each other and our eyeballs turn into dollar signs it's like that's yeah. all we have is local comics right of course yeah and we we both sold our comics right there and then boom 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 well it's nice right now because uh it's growing it's weird to look at because Toronto, such a huge community, mm-hmm. huge city, therefore a huge community, 
long, rich history. So much of today's top talent lives in southern Ontario or in the general region that you'd think the, the indie community would be a little more established than it has been. But even in the past, say, five years that I've noticed, it's coming together more. There's certain staples that are, you know, becoming more of a, of a fixture in the community, right? And I don't know if it's just guys have been sticking it out longer and books have been around long enough, people are starting to notice, like Pitiful Human Lizard yeah. blowing up this year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that happening, uh, which is really great to see because it means people are supporting each other and spreading yeah. the word of each other and sharing the love. Well, I would, as, as you've probably talked to a, a number of your guests, Kevin, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera, um, there's always been sort of a, a comic scene here that, you know, it but ebbs here, and flows. I guess, sorry, I didn't finish that explanation, sorry. In Toronto. It's, it's more the clicks outside coming together, too. The Brampton crew, the Clarkson crew, mm-hmm. the Oakville crew is becoming more of a giant GTA community. Yeah, is more what I was getting at. Uh, to to me, just just speaking of, to to Toronto, uh, I think something really magical happened uh, within the last five years uh, that sort of centered around the hub of what was formerly uh, the Comic Book Lounge. Right, right. Uh, the Comic Book Lounge, uh, owned by, by Kevin and, mm-hmm. and managed for a while by uh, Joe Kilmartin, uh, started up. There was uh, the Toronto Cartoonist Workshop out of there with about a half dozen teachers, including Ty Templeton, uh, Dave Ross, Leonard Kirk, Eric Kim. My God, uh, was sitting in a room where you could learn from all those Oh, you did. That, this, this was, this was yeah. the amazing thing. Like I, I would take classes with Leonard and Ty, and of course the fantastic thing is they both had uh, uh, their own opinions and their ways of doing it, and it was nice to sort of see both perspectives right. in terms of what they agree on and what they don't agree on, or their their different approaches, or yeah. even sort of watching how they've sort of cross pollinated with each other in terms of approach as well. Interacting, yeah. like to see not just be learning from the benefit of the knowledge yeah. of one of those guys, mm-hmm. but seeing them interact with each other must have been incredible. Yeah, but, yeah. You know? And and this was on, on College Street upstairs and not only that, you had uh gorilla printing right. in the back. So it was almost like a hub of so uh, creator it was it, it, it became it it all became demystified at once for me and i've always been a fan and never had the 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 urge to i guess actually sit down and create comics until i i decided to take these classes for fun and then sort of and again, it was only supposed to be for fun, and then one thing led to another, and all of a sudden, here I am I with... You can't stop. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, well, it makes sense for me why you were led into that, because you were kind of already into those type things, but what led you to the boot camp stuff? I just wanted to make comics. Yeah? Like, yeah. Just like, yeah. did you know anybody or anything? I knew nobody. And you were just... So how did you even hear of the boot camp? I googled, make Toronto, make comics what? in Toronto. Yeah. Of all the ways to hear about Ty Templeton's boot camp yeah. in the GTA, yeah. you googled it. I googled it, and I found the <laughs> class, great. and I turned to my friend Greg Jensen, who did the back cover of Skeleton AP, and I said, hey, you want to take these comic classes with me? And he said, yeah, okay, because he had nothing better to do, so... Wow. The two of us systematically went through all of Ty's classes together. Where did you take the classes? At Ty, at the the boot camp, uh, the embassy. At the embassy. Yeah, at okay. the embassy. Okay. Yeah. Now, are they still doing classes at the embassy? Oh yeah. Because I remember I was talking to Karen at one show, and we were talking about uh, uh, 
Comet Connection. The Comet Connection yeah. uh, in Oakville and Spears. You've okay. been by there yeah, yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, huge back room. Huge. Like, oh, hey, yeah. Do some classes there. Oh, like, for sure. It's so they close. Do magic and tournaments there. Yeah. Uh, during, I mean, there was one day where, where Mike Ruth just uh, said, oh, hey, guys, come on out. And, and I think Aaron... Ong and uh, Hugh uh, Rockwood and uh, myself and, and staff just like sat in this huge room and uh, it, it would be great if this could become like a, a regular occurrence out yeah. there either organized yeah. or unart- like uh, well Karen used to used to run events out of the comic book lounge as well she was uh, one of the, the uh, primary people who organized uh, the 24 hour uh, comic day again which was a huge uh, uh, Turning point in, in right. a lot of respects with a, a lot of you our know, she peers. She said to me, if an expo this year, I was like, Wait, are you going to come on the show? She's like, what, me? What do you want to talk to me for? You definitely want to like, talk to... She, she is... Uh, she is. She's hilarious that she thinks she's nothing. I want to talk to her. About. No, you you definitely do. From from her sort oh, of uh, point of point of view, from she's she's amazing. From. Uh, uh, you know, going to conventions with Ty and supporting Ty, yeah, yeah. to all the things she has done for the Toronto Comics community that most people aren't aware of, like all, the, all those events that they were running out of the lounge. She she did uh, the twenty four hour comics. She does uh, 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 out of the embassy. Uh, actually, I think it. I can't remember if it did start at the lounge first before we moved over, but. Um, the the ladies the ladies, uh, ladies tees yeah yeah yep so she's sweet. huge pillar in the females creators so did you get to know her well taking the classes oh she's she she's is wonderful and, yeah, she wasn't yeah. no, she wasn't there during the classes but I met her afterwards at the tees okay and since then we've become pretty good friends I dropped off a birthday present for her recently. Wow. Her daughter babysat for me. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, I plan on dropping by her house with a bottle of wine once convention season winds totally down. Totally off-pod topic, but my 17-year-old babysits all over Clarkson. <laughs> good to if know. If you ever do need something, <laughs> she's, October. she's taking courses and all that oh, good. stuff, so she's and, like a babysitter. And here's the other <laughs> thing. Karen Karen is also a very accomplished uh, letterer and colorist yes. as well, yes. and uh, was heavily involved in... Uh, Holmes Inc. Uh, Ty Templeton's uh, four, I think there were four issues of it that came out. Four issue comics, where four four issues where essentially a number of uh, comic book boot camp and uh, before that uh, Toronto Cartoonist Workshop students got to apprentice under Ty making actual comics. So uh, Holmes Inc. was the descendants of uh, Holmes and Watson and uh, they were they're sort of a, a super spy adventure uh, sleuthing family yeah. and yeah there was a whole sort of mini universe up, created oh yeah yeah I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan so when I heard about that I, I got really excited and and yeah it you can take all the classes you, you know all the classes in the world in terms of those original uh, Toronto cartoonist workshop classes and then right. uh, after that uh, ties boot camp classes but there's nothing like hands-on learning I'd, oh, I'd have to say I learned more in those six or eight weeks uh, every week we'd, we'd meet and Ty would uh, critique at every step of the way and everything was just just 
mind blowing in terms of you know everything from from the life hacks. It was an eight week. Uh, yeah, during during the uh, summer, uh, and you and got it to ended see the year before I took the first class, oh, or the summer sure before I took the How first class. How long was your class? How long is the general course? Seven on weeks. On Seven weeks. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. And because he offers general different things, right? Yes. Like writing and drawing. Well, he does he does a comic book boot camp class, which is everything. Okay. In seven weeks, a little bit of everything, just a crash course on how to make comics, which I didn't. That's the only class of his I didn't take. Other than Holmes Yeah, because that's sort of the, the bit of everything. So yeah. you, you do touch upon like, like I started with penciling and, and writing. I did penciling and... and then I did inking. And then I did another anatomy class because he has two anatomy classes. Right. And I did the covers class. And I'm waiting for his environments class. Wow. Inside of five to ten years' time, I don't think, uh, in terms of the next generation of uh, Toronto's major creators within the scene, uh, I, I truly believe that uh, just about everyone will have been uh, associated with uh, some form of Thai's uh, comic boot camp classes or yeah. even, uh, you know, uh, we, we talk about the, even if they weren't directly in the classes, they would participate in, say, 24-hour comic book day. Well, and The legacy that has spun out of his legacy, I guess you could say, on its own, like the Toronto Comics Anthology alone yes. existing is because of mm -hmm. his inspiration and ideas. The reason right? why that came to fruition is because Andrew Stevenson was in his writing class and Ty said, I would love to put together an anthology of stories about Toronto, but I just don't have the time. Mm -hmm. And Andrew asked, can we do it? And yeah, Ty said, yeah. I give you my blessing. Yeah, see an opportunity. Well, seize it. I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this. Um, <laughs> Ty... Uh, in in within the comic book embassy studio uh you know for for two years or whatever prior to andrew actually taking it by the reins ty was pitching this to us uh, for, for, for and and uh, you know me personally me personally i just didn't have the vision for it it was like but we'd be limiting ourselves to toronto but then having seen andrew pick up the ball and run with it of course, you know, the, the, yeah. the blinders came off and it's like, wow, you you specialize in a local niche market. Yes. Like, you, you don't have to be in the diamond catalog. Like, I, I was always sort of obsessed about the, the diamond catalog because how else are you going to distribute, right? Right, right? But then at the same time, it's like, if you can, if, if your audience in Toronto is larger than your audience all over the world then then your sum total is still a larger readership right yes, so absolutely i think it could spread outside toronto too. oh yeah well andrew's always We're trying to convince uh, folks to uh franchise i guess so yes, so i think uh, well, there's a, there's a well, michigan comics anthology but it's not about michigan it's uh, just michigan artists uh, and their stories that's the unique thing about toronto so, you know what do you think here bud you enjoying anything this is the Munsters. They're about a bunch of uh, kid monster friends. And in this issue, they meet a 25-foot girl. And it's really, really hard to play with a 25-foot girl, isn't it? But they eventually figure out how. And then we've got a fun little metaphor about uh, how to get along with someone who's a little different than you. And over here, this is Sonny and Owl Girl, about two little kid superheroes. And in this issue, they have an infestation of gremlins and then uh, they have to deal with a giant robot and starting in just a couple of weeks over at uh, Stephanie Cook's Rogue, Rogue Portal, uh, Rogue's Portal website, uh, the Sunny and Owl Girl web series is going to begin.
Why do I know the name Stephanie Cook? Um, she is another t- local Toronto comics uh, personality, podcaster as well. Um, her other uh, she had a story claim- in the Geek Girls book that helped it. Yes, yes, she she's a creator as well in, in uh, the Secret Lives of. Do you know of- what her podcast is? Um, it used to be the Misfits. Is it still the Misfits, Matt? Oh, okay. okay so um, yeah, well, she's sort of shifted over to... Oh, no, you can get to... back from him. Go oh. ahead, do your dealings here. It's all right. <laughs> Interrupt me and us. It's all good. Do you want me to sign that for is that you? The score there? Do you want to... This is Major North. He's a Canadian superhero, and it's co-created with... Christopher Yao, who is doing amazing art, and to tie it in with the podcast, uh, Christopher Yao is uh, just one of the incredible uh, artists that I met at Ty Templeton's uh, comic book boot camp. And And he's become my art buddy. We table a lot together. We What's your name? He's a great talker, too. How do you spell that? Q-I-N-N. And can I do a free sketch for you, Quinn? Sure. Cool. What what can I draw for you? Who's your favorite superhero? Or do you, do you like, like Darth Wars? Vader or yeah. Pikachu? What what do you like? Pikachu. Pikachu. <laughs> Everyone loves Pikachu. Here you go. And that's five. All right. Let me get to No. Oh, no problem. Oh. It's all good. So Q U I N N. Well, yeah, most of the the comics on the the table are by collaborators that I've that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and here Here's the so lucky to have the, those influences. Like you mentioned, Dave Ross. Oh yeah, yeah. These Dave are is nice great. guys. These are just oh yeah. Talk to your guys. These are nice. All of them. Yeah, I I I, I always uh, rave on about uh, Ty, but in terms of uh, the classes I took at the cartoonist workshop, uh, there was another class uh, run by Rob Walton where we actually got to work on the famous classic uh, Arvark character Cerebus. Like I grew up reading Cerebus, and uh, you know managed to write my favorite characters: the Roach, Red Sophia, and uh, Elrod. Like that was a dream come true. Uh, okay, you draw Pikachu. So we're, you've taken the class then, and just out of the blue, you've been like, I want to get into comics, so I'm going to take Ty Templeton's class. Yeah, so I took all the classes, yeah. including the writing classes, and it was actually during the writing class that I got the inspiration for Strays. Okay. Because we were learning how to write romantic so comedies. how many years ago is this that so you took the course? Because it's pretty uh, fresh, right? I took writing two years ago. Okay. Or maybe in a... Yeah, two years ago, I think it was, because I didn't do any classes last winter. So it was like starting in 2013. Okay. So I've only been doing this for three years. Right, right. Would you like a sketch as so well? So I basically um, no learned how to write a romantic comedy, and I put a spin on it to make it like the dog and the girl are best friends, and that can be part of a romantic comedy. They can, sure. You can be best friends, you don't have to be lovers. Right. Because right. that's just wrong. <laughs> so, once the class finishes, you are you super inspired then? You're like, okay, hey, I'm oh, ready yeah. to make this comic. Let's yeah. go. What's your next step? Uh, just to start writing. Start you can't writing, just sit there making. and... Yeah, you can't sit there saying, I want to make comics, I want to make comics, I want to make comics. You have to go out there and actually make comics. Because if you don't go and do it, then it's not going to get done. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's as simple as that. you got to actually put yourself out there. You have to take the risk. And you have to just jump in feet first. So where do you meet Alfonso that he helps you actually bring this into print and such? I was at GTA Con. Okay, and, nice. Um, 
Someone mentioned to me that Alfonso does printing as well as publishing, and I kind of sucked it up and approached him, and he gave me his card, and I started looking for quotes around the city. I got quotes from Gorilla, I got quotes from Rapido, and I got quotes from Alfonso, and he gave me the best quote. Yes. So it was that easy. And he just happens to be a swell guy. Yeah, and that's that's great. And I see him at all the shows now, and um, now that I know him, you know, because I saw him at shows before, but I didn't know him. I didn't talk to him. He was just some some guy, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But it just pays to talk to people. Yeah. Just walk up and say, introduce yourself. For sure. Exactly, because you never know what's gonna come come of that. Ta-da. There you go. There you go. There you go. Is it okay if I get a picture of you in your drawing? Is that a, sure. where's your dad? Can we oh, ask? Him? Be fine. <laughs> yeah, you can get a drawing. Free. Do you want to hold it up? It's free drawing. Yeah. Cool. Sure. One, two, three. Awesome. Thank you very much, Quinn. Put her there. And what's your name? Camera. Yeah, what can I draw working, for you? Always drawing. Well, that's good. Good you know, it keeps busy. Yeah. You gotta keep the kids interested. If flash, no problem. In the comics easily by ourselves. So yeah. how do you spell well, camera? I'm actually going to be talking to my son's school because they have all sorts of different clubs in the school, no but problem. they don't have a comic club. And I'm going to oh, volunteer nice. and say, look, if you want to do a comics club for the kids, I'd be happy to do that where, you know, everybody can bring in their favorite comic and talk about the comic and then eventually that's maybe teach idea. the kids yeah. little basic things about yeah. making their own comics yeah. because that's what a lot of kids want to do. What school? Uh, Hillside. I went to Hillside and it's had a Kate comic club in Hillside. That's nice. <laughs> Grade 8. Uh, I was yeah. in uh, Mr. Mercy's class. Uh -huh. And Mr. Mercy was this Caribbean guy, like really dark Caribbean guy who just like took no guff like not one of those just not nice teachers like you are here to learn and me and my friend Son Lima and Jeff Walker started a comic club nice and we'd get together and that's where I learned I think the most I've ever learned about comics oh, yeah? especially the ones I don't read because I didn't read a lot of Marvel back then especially I didn't read any Avengers or Captain America but he did Oh. So we would just get together after school and just swap stories and tell each other about each other's comics. Very and cool. That's how I learned all about the history of Captain America. And, and see, it was in elementary school still, uh, grade 7, where I started with uh, really, really taking off with my art. I learned how to watercolor in grade 7. Right. And that's what I did for years and years and years. That seems to be the age where you either keep going or mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. get off track. And it's so important to get kids started on that. So I'm going to talk to the teachers and say, look, um, this is what I'm willing to do um, we don't need room like the kids just need pencils and I'm gonna need photocopies of these pieces of paper right. and ev everything else I can bring in to show yeah, yeah. because it's not gonna cost the school anything it's not gonna cost me anything no, no. the other thing that'll cost is photocopies right right so like an after-school program yeah kind of yeah right, right. or even even is during school even standing right now yeah it's K to 8 now is it finished? Though? Yes. Oh my god, I haven't seen it yep. since they finished it. Yeah, I, I, I walk by. the kids to school every day because it's very right close. Is Hillcrest closed down or was it Elmcrest? I'm not sure. Not Hillcrest. Elm, Elmcrest, Elmcrest yeah, and Willow Glen too. Oh, that's sad. I went to Willow yeah. Glen. It's Aww. so sad to hear that you're Willow Yeah, my kids already. went to Willow Glen last year. And well, I moved here from St. Catharines mm. when I was nine or to Mississauga, and, Hill, and Willow Glen was my first school in grade three. Would you like to sketch uh, as fun, so. fun fact about Willow Glen is my, do you remember you when like? they did the new playground? Yes. Oh, yeah, my sure. neighbor's yeah. son was the top fundraiser for it. Do you want that black costume or a blue costume? Uh, I don't like him. <laughs> Sorry, that old wooden park? 
was the last bastion of true 80s childhood. It is, but they dug it up and they found shards of glass and needles and oh, yeah. all kinds of other oh, yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, that was there. part of the obstacle back then. Yeah, you guys know yeah. how lucky you have it nowadays. <laughs> we used to be able to seriously hurt ourselves on the things that were supposed to be fun. Yeah, this, yeah, this is true. And did we ever? Because well, 80s kids. Okay. On there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. And was it okay we took a picture of Quinn and his drawing? Yeah, oh yeah, All right, sure. okay. no worries. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> and thank you very much for your support. It means the world yeah, to me. Yeah, thank you. You guys have a great day. Yeah. Did you get your picture? Oh, he's drawing one for you? Yeah. Awesome. All right, Batman, all right. what's your name? Sam. My name's Sam, too. Put her there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that You can get the color, right? Very nice, yes. Perfect, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, we used to play uh, tag on that park, no touching sand. So you had to run around the park, and you, if you touched the sand, you were it, right? Yep. But, oh, because it was lava? Well, you Were you pretending pretend it was lava? Well, the way the park was set up is it had these beams kind of around the outside of it. And you could literally do a run of the whole park yep. without touching the sand, right? My elementary, one of my elementary schools was like that as well. Right, I went right. to seven of them. Because you're originally from Thunder Bay. <laughs> yes. 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 And how long have you been in the GTA now? Uh, 2001. 2001. So yes. it's been a good, like, 15, yeah, 16 yeah. years that you've been... Yep, and I used to live down here when I was younger, too. No, no, no. Okay, I, I lived in Thunder Bay when I was a kid. I moved here when I was eight years old. I moved to Georgetown when I was nine. I moved to Burlington when I was 15. I moved back to Thunder Bay when I was 16. Okay. And then I moved here again when I was 21. All right, so you get around a little bit. Yeah, and I lived in downtown Toronto at the corner of Sherburn and Dundas, which is also the known as the corner of Crockhorn and Bumsville. Okay. And then we moved up to Cabbage Town because nice. we didn't want to live at Sherburn and Dundas anymore. Right. And then uh, we lived in this building where the elevator would take like 20 years to arrive. So forget if you had like groceries <laughs> or whatever, you just you'd have to sit there waiting going, okay, my ice cream is dying, my ice cream oh, is dying, no. come on, come on. No. So we usually take the stairs seven flights up. <laughs> and then we moved from there to Kipling and Burnhamthorpe. And the, the guy who we moved to, he was like, we're going to sell this place, whether you like it or not, and we're going to show the house whether you're here or not. I moved a lot. Wow. And uh, we went from there to our current home, where we've been for the last 10 years. Right, right. Yeah, since it was 10 years this year, actually. And you're married with two kids? Yeah. Yes. Nice. Boy yeah. and a girl? Two boys. Two boys. Two very busy boys. Nice, yes. Nice. They're not twins, though? No, close, five and eight. Five and eight. Okay. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's a crazy. I can't imagine having an eight-year-old on top of a, the five-year-old. And the five-year-old is extra crazy. Yeah, I. This is. I admire Steph like you wouldn't believe. Like she, she's like basically a full-time mother, and then on top of that, uh, she, she's she's coming out to the shows, doing the signings, and uh, work to make your comics, guys. Pumping out her pages as well, like. Yeah. How old are you guys? I'm 11 and 9. And you're nuts. You guys are fairly close then. That's pretty cool. Must yeah. be nice having You guys get along okay? Yeah. Most yeah. of the time? You know what you Do you share do? your comics? Is Quinn going to let you read Major North then? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, That's the, the great thing, thing about, about brothers. Having a brother is that you have a best friend go. for your whole life. Thank yeah. you no much. worries. You have a good day, okay? Thanks for stopping Take by, guys. Take care. Look at the doggy. Hello, baby. Look at you, you wee lad. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, there I am, eh? Wow. 
Well, this is the great thing about Paradise, right? It's a real neighborhood shop. It's dog friendly. I bring my dog in here all the time. And on a Saturday, have you seen how many kids come through here? It's astonishing to me. And just even behind you, you've got like a really deep, yeah, it's one of the deepest selection of, of kids. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, in a family neighborhood. That's no knock on the shops like to do big, you know, parties and the walls with toys. That's today. That's awesome. We need to have a little bit of everything. But for me, and just, I don't know, maybe an old school old man, I just love the good, musty old shop. You know, like Alter Stays, two brothers just slinging comics for 30 years behind the table. Or image collections where it's just this massive pile of comics that you just dig through. But then you've got all the other way. Like, you ever been to Labyrinth uh, across from... uh, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And there's a a location at the Blur. And, yeah, yeah. again, they they cater to animation students primarily. Yes, it's much more graphic novels. They do have some comics. Yeah, well, their their selection of art books is is quite... uh, It it kind of... This is the great thing, the variety of it, right? To catering to to different people. And, and, yeah, in terms of a, a neighborhood shop, Peter and Doug have uh, yeah run a run a fantastic store, so yeah, yeah. we're we're happy. We're, I'm delighted to actually uh, be in my local comic shop yeah, doing this. Well, like we were saying earlier about the community and how it's coming together, are things like the new generation also opening shops and stuff like the Sidekick? Oh yeah, like, I'll have to check that I out. I'm so in love with the Sidekick. Well, it's a the, 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 the fact that it's a, a coffee shop built in, right? Yes, it's literally when you okay when you walk in and people can just pick up books and read them yeah, while they're yeah, sipping their coffee. Yeah, yeah. See, this 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 is the way it should be, right? There's not a huge selection because it is it's mainly a cafe, I'd say. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, I can't say that. It's pretty split down the middle. When you walk in, there's like three tables with like six chairs and like a bench along the front window. So the front part is the cafe where plenty of people can sit and enjoy their wonderful beverages. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little area for comics and a little table. Then there's a little fireplace at the back with a few lounge chairs. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you can lounge, just read your comics, buy a coffee. But it's also like this, where it's in a neighborhood area. It's right near the beaches. It's in Leslieville. Well, I think this is why uh, so many comic stars are able to survive and thrive. They find yeah. their niche and then they... And the location is important. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, but, you know, you find a good spot, people will come. But and hey it's there. also the people doing it, like Chris. Hey, how are you? Chris, who runs the sidekick, is super awesome. This is a super rad chick, who, you know, who's totally open to like bring the community here. You're all welcome here. Podcasters, artists, writers, whoever, you are all welcome to come here. Maybe and they'd carry strays and hang, and I'm sure they would. Hmm. Uh, well, the signing I was there last for was uh, it was a Toronto Comics anthology Oh, okay. Sign. And Chris was there. Yeah, Chris I wasn't Yow, able to make Andrew that one, there, but yes. I they, they had a really positive experience. And you guys, did you guys record your podcast there? the Hogtown. Oh, the Hogtown, yes, yes. And that was a flat out, just sit down at the table and chat them up, which was mm-hmm. very, very cool. And I got to meet, awesome. I love that I'm able to do this less on Skype and have places to go actually do the recording. It just feels better to get out there and see the person face to face. So I sat down, it was, uh, it was Mark Fu, yep. it was Chris Yao. Uh, Derek Chow, super super cool, and uh, and Peter Harlish or Harish, I always say his name wrong because I spelled it wrong. And uh, but Peter, you're awesome. Is Malcolm there? Uh, uh, Malcolm wasn't there. He wasn't able to make it. Uh, Nelson? Nope. It was just those ones okay. that I mentioned. 
and it was just like the four or five of us and had a great just hangout chat, a couple coffees, and that's also where I recorded uh, Aaron Broverman's. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, the, the 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 double episode. Three hours we sat in that cafe and just shot the shit. Mm-hmm. Well, Hogtown, Hogtown just ended their their campaign successfully, which is which is awesome. Really, really excited about that. I'm really that. proud of my podcast guest selection because I believe I'm at about a 95 percent Kickstarter success rate and nice. I in no way will take the credit for that <laughs> but yeah I, I think of I can think of I've maybe had 30 Kickstarters on the show over the years mm-hmm. probably mine. and I think maybe two or three didn't come through but those books got made anyways mm-hmm. they were all the type of guys who were like I don't care that we yeah. we're not done yet we're still gonna get this and book. that's the attitude yeah. I had well, mine well the great thing the great thing about Hogtown is uh, I think the fact that it was complete and ready to go to the printers just like Toronto Comics I think that's a real key because people are doing unique things these days yeah I think Josh Dahl out of Boston Uh, Josh Dahl does a book called Rapid City Below Zero Mm -hmm. and it's a really cool revenge tale it's really really awesome and he it's done uh, he writes it and it's uh, drawn by Sean Langley Philadelphia what they did is they already had five issues or sorry, you know, five. They had five pages done of the book. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they were five pages all done, ready to go. Yeah, we're gonna kickstart page six. Okay, <laughs> they're kickstarting a page. Kickstarted a page. That's astonishing. Okay. Oh, so they kickstarted a page, and when you pledged to this page, what you got was a private membership to a private or a membership to a private Facebook club. Oh, okay. Because these two make the comic over Facebook. So anything, like, say uh, Sean has a piece of art to show Josh for whatever, mm-hmm. he posts it. And anyone can see, people see it before Josh has a chance to comment on it. Oh, okay. They do it all in front of you. So, what, so it's even beyond a, a Patreon situation yeah, yeah, where yeah. So you're not only seeing behind the scenes. He, he did the last issue totally just open on Facebook, but this yeah. one you actually have to be part of the group. Okay. So what the Kickstarter, if you pledge, you get whatever okay. the reward is plus membership into the group. All right, and group. so it's still open to source to some degree. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? More and more, I think that's really important, right. especially with ground-level ground grassroots things sure, I think sure. uh, uh, I'm well, continually impressed yeah. with the fact that uh, Andrew Stevenson yes. is so open source about the process exactly like of yeah. Toronto yeah. comics to the point where Hogtown Horror you know two of the mm-hmm. guys can go over and sort of apply some of that knowledge of to, to, to their the own thing, though. they take it so far it's literally there is no communication other than Facebook between the two so if there's an edit, if there's a line he doesn't like, all that mm-hmm. stuff, you see every minute of this comic being made. I, the only communication between the two for the comic is on Facebook. Really? I would That's be a little do. terrified now, of that. Stretch goals, if, if they reach, the, say they get their goal to do page six, okay? Mm-hmm. Funded page six. All right. The stretch goal for page six, page seven. The next stretch goal... Page eight. Ah, gotcha. It's going on like yeah, this. Yeah. If they don't hit that sketch goal, that page becomes the next Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So these Kickstarters are only like $300 Kickstarters. Yeah, yeah. Page. 
but he's turned it into a club. Ah, so okay. So the Kickstarters keep on going. That's, That's fascinating. I will, I will really have yeah, to, to look into so this. These are the kind of ways that people are starting to think of interesting marketing strategies to mm-hmm. use these platforms. And I love it. Like you say, Andrew is so transparent. Yeah. Like, if you're part of the Comics, An- Comics Anthology well, group, you can see. Even if you're not, too. Like, uh, he, he will pretty much it. talk well, to... You know? he okay, will, I thought it was a private group. He will pretty much talk to anyone, so give so any advice. To, to I mean, it's transparent to all of us on, on the inside yeah. who have, you know, contributed over the years, but he's equally transparent with anyone who... Uh, like, if you're looking to make your own comic, you can ask him anything and he'll help you. It's the guys like him who make it go around, who mm-hmm. make things actually happen, are the guys who put the sweat in. Because I, I offered him my... I, tried, I volunteered my own services to him for Volume 4, where I was like, you need to spend more time doing what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's my only critique, if you can even call it that, of yeah. the whole operation is there's no central promotional section of it all. Yeah. He's giving his own time to everything. So I was like, you know what? I will will be the biggest mouth for you this year. This is is the other great thing about an anthology as well. This is actually his local store as well. Right on. Maybe it's just down the road from here. But I I want to help him take it so he can just edit. But keep this in mind, too. There's also 40 or 50 creators out there doing the same thing for the Toronto... This is why it keeps expanding the word of mouth, right? Right. And everybody has nothing but good things to... Good, positive things to to say about the... Like, I'm I'm a star... Like, I I feel very fortunate that I've been involved in... how many is it? Four out of the five volumes There's now. Um, three out of four. Well, the mini, the mini one. Oh, I, I, I was in the mini as well. Okay, no. Um, <laughs> so, but, but yeah. Uh, uh, I was actually so busy this year I couldn't do volume four. That's okay. Yeah, that's always that's the dream that's right a great there. Thing to be too busy. Yeah. And the opportunities that it offers as well. People have to to keep in mind. You you retain full ownership. He's got the right to print. Right. So we can launch. Like again, it was supposed to be a, a one shot for Major North that Chris and I were doing because Chris wanted to do a superhero right, and right. Uh, everyone reacted so positively to, to Chris's designs and sort of the quirkiness of the story that all of a sudden uh, we, we sat down after it was launched out uh, every single article about Toronto Comics at the time mentioned Major North by name right, right. and so Chris and I and then and then the social media was very positive so Chris and I sat down it's like okay what's the next step like it was a one shot how can we and again it, uh, more of my quirky for the second issue more of my quirky personality and, and style is creeping back into it that quirky though I mean it's mm-hmm. quirky but it's still it's it's a pretty good straightforward story you know? that's true that, yeah, that yeah. that's true these things have come around again since the resurgence of Captain Canuck and people oh yeah yeah community getting so big people want some Canadian pride they want oh yeah that, you know speak to that for it's sure what, it's hard to have there, yeah, we don't have it's time for us to <laughs> forge our own yeah, there was, well, there's, you don't have the tragedies you, you don't have the, the evil that you have in, yeah. the, in the other universes that you have in Canada just because of the nature of the country it's yeah. such a difficult nut to crack to well, make Canada cool it ebbs and flows as well right I mean uh, the last round was probably uh, the, the last huge surge of, of patriotism probably was around the time when Captain Canuck originally emerged yeah. as well as Alpha Flight yeah, yeah. you know and, and I'm always astonished at how well uh, just because uh, we we at Odeon Toys, Brian Hylers and myself did the official uh, Captain Canuck action figure, yeah. and this astonishes me. The reach that Captain Canuck had back then, I think there's like I I'd have to say like 95 percent or more 
of our sales, online sales for the Captain Canuck uh, action figure through uh, Plaid Stallions and the Odeon Toys website is to Americans. And here's really? what my friends have told me. Wow. Uh, uh, Richard uh, uh, managed to have deep distribution in the United States. He had the fan club and everything. So I, it, I thought at first it was like a friend in Michigan who said, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew about Captain Canuck. And right. I thought, oh, you're, you live on the border. But then you have friends uh, down south in Arkansas who said at, at one point we had Captain Canuck on the newsstands. Right, right, right. And, and that's astonishing to me. Do you so, know where Canuck came from? Uh, the, the character the or the... The word Canuck. Uh, we didn't invent this. It was the World War. And that was the Yanks' nickname for us. Johnny Canuck? No, this is, I'm talking oh, okay. pre-comics, pre-everything. World War One, World word, War Two. Why did, World War One? as okay. far as I know. I'm pretty sure it was World War One. I. I, I'm not 100% mm-hmm. on that, but I know for a fact it was the American soldiers gave us that nickname. Gave our okay. soldiers that nickname. Based on what? Just, to, I don't need, that I don't know. All I, <laughs> As know a is, not, I ran into this because I was trying to figure taking out it from Taking from. the word Canada and it, then adding uck in, in the, they just like, did it. like the word puck, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I couldn't find where it came from, but I remember I wanted to know and I researched this. And so the origin of the word. Oh, okay. Is, uh, it was a wartime word that Canadian, that the American soldiers. Now, by wartime, do you mean World War One or World War Two? World War One or Two. I have to look All it up right. again. All right. Well, there was which. a popular character called Johnny Canuck uh, that was circa World War Two. He now, was a pilot, right? It must have been World War One then, because I know it was right. before that comic. They probably called him Johnny Canuck after mm-hmm. that name had been established, right? But and also, the hockey mascot is Johnny Canuck. Is is he not? I uh, don't know, but I just I just know that it's simple simple explanation as I know is that it came from them. It was the Americans gotcha. named us that, and that was a it was a, a term of love, like an endearment, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Here come our Canucks, we're good to go, sort of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's got such an old connotation to it and a lot of our stories I find it's hard like if you reach into the history of Canada there's so much cool stuff like sand oh yeah and mounties you could be doing all that but as far as modern times it's been such a peaceful country for so long Mm -hmm. it's hard to come up with a threat that could equal us needing a superhero. That's been the mm-hmm. tough nut to crack. So, but I think well, it's it's fascinating some of the themes as well. Re- this one, yeah. Remember Alpha Flight back yeah. in the day? They really dealt head on with the uh, October Crisis and yes, the yeah. divisive so why don't you think divisiveness they ever really of the. Why do you think the, Alpha Flight never got to a point where it's been a sustainable pilot? Uh, uh, me personally, uh, there was uh, a very strong. Uh, he well, he used to identify as Canadian, right? John Byrne, right? Uh, very strong creator on the title who uh, knew Canada could write about Canada because every issue of, of uh, Alpha Flight you'd, you'd, you'd read it and it's like oh I've been to Ontario Place I've been to the West Edmonton Mall right. he actually had a, and the other thing is he had a sense of the quote and this is stuff we deal with in Major North as well what the quote unquote Canadian identity is is quite fractured yes uh, so you know in, in Major North for example he's uh, the supernatural embodiment of the Canadian identity uh, what does that mean? And how confusing and, and even uh, schizophrenic or, or, or whatever uh, uh, in defining that. So this is the realm we're exploring in future issues of Major North that are upcoming. In terms of uh, Burns' approach to Alpha Flight, it was the non-team team book where each issue... 
uh, dealt with a separate character in a separate region of Canada. And uh, yeah, uh, it was astonishing how some of these sort of stereotypical, like shaman, the native. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was able to breathe uh, a lot for, for comic, you know, for, for comic books in the 70s and 80s. He was able to breathe life into these because they each got a solo adventure in that first year where right. they really sort of uh, defined their characters, defined uh, their region as a character in in the comics and then you started teaming one or two of them up to see how some of these uh, uh, embodiments of different regions would interact with each other for example and then that would accumulate in the in the team ups at the and then uh, after that you had a string of creators who were American taking over the title who had no sense of Canada Uh, what what maddened me again I uh, as a kid I loved Alpha Flight so much uh and uh, Byrne exited the title and what they immediately did was they got the team together and then plopped them down in a headquarters off the coast of British Columbia. Yeah. And even as a kid, I was saying, how, how can they protect all of Canada from, from all the way out there? Like even Byrne originally established them uh, in, in the pages of X-Men in the centralized location of the capital, which is Ottawa. And then uh, after they quote unquote disbanded for the regular title, spread them out throughout Canada. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's that that's way. my and and yeah. not that there haven't been uh, uh, great Canadian talents that have, uh, you know, been on the title since it. Dale uh, is it Dale Eaglesham uh, did a did a good run uh, in recent years. Oh, but yeah? in terms of that that title, we we were reading back in the eighties. Did a Canadian just try to bring it back recently? One of the guys who tried to bring it back, I think, was a Canadian. Oh, okay. He did his did his darndest. Uh, well, we we've got out. the the cover by the raid guys, uh, Ramon Perez, and it, is it Chip the Chip Zdarsky uh, that wrote that issue as well? Yeah, good uh, question. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, right. so uh, they had Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on the cover. Yes, and, yes. Well, yes, here's yes. here's my luck too, uh, because uh, the the Chapter House Summer Special uh, was announced, and of course I did one of the covers, but uh, the other cover was the Justin Trudeau cover. Right. So, so all over town. On release day, I ran all over town. Look, I was so excited. It's like my first, you know, uh, comic book cover, you know, to be distributed through Diamond in stores. And I I ran all over town and they were either sold out because they ordered so few or it only ordered the Justin Trudeau cover, except for for Paradise Comics. Doug, I came in and Doug uh, had had a few of them. Newspapers and stuff, though, that cover. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Coming up on, I think I... Uh, no, no, that was comely. That was called Comely Comics, run right. by uh, yeah, yeah, Richard himself. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, um, they've been this around is, for about two years. Because he comes back, doesn't he do it for a bit? Yeah, yeah. Ten years later, he does another. Pretty one. much, pretty much. But right. this time, because uh, Richard has has a, a team behind him and right. and folks with support. some some business right. sense, uh, Walter at uh, Big B has done some uh, fantastic job right. promoting Captain Canuck and. Uh, getting him into that uh, the Max Milk one one shot I guess uh, oh, yeah, okay. uh, that was distributed comics are back in Max Milk <laughs> it's a Captain Canuck free issue that yeah, yeah, yeah. that that they distribute on behalf of I guess Crime Busters that's cool so that, that's a positive out yeah. of this but about about two years now and and uh, yeah they they've uh, announced that's a nice couple of exciting you. initiatives I've gotten to do uh, I've submitted a number of covers. We'll see which uh, covers actually sort of come out. But, 
yeah, if, if my, my word, my suggestion for folks out there, if you want to run out and seek out uh, the not Justin Trudeau cover of the Chapter House <laughs> Summer Special, I'm guessing it's going to be very Which, scarce. Explain a bit, though, because this, this cover that you did, not only, okay, it's a, like an action figure variant, but not in the way that you'd be thinking in no. the usual terms. They're Mego, actual Mego, like action figures that you made yeah yeah so uh then like photoshopped and took photos of and made your yeah yeah so with a with the help of a a bunch of friends with this is the 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 how we uh usually prototype figures so uh yeah yeah i i i had some friends help me out but essentially uh assembled each of the individual figures of the chapter house characters so mark Shane Bloom and uh, Gabrielle's uh, North Guard and Fleur de Lis, the modern Captain Kana, uh, Jason Liu's pitiful human lizard. So I, I ran out, prototyped all of these, and then uh, photographed them all individually. And then beyond that, uh, did additional work in Photoshop to make it uh, a homage to Avengers number four. Uh, with oh. with reintroduced Captain America, and then I drew in the uh, background there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of it. It might not seem like it, but a lot of work went into uh, making it look just right. Lying or hanging? Yeah, yeah. Again, again, I had to sort of uh, photo photograph him in. I originally photographed him in more of an Iron Man po- North Guard here. Yeah. I photographed him in more of an Iron Man pose, and then uh, Tony White uh, over. A chapter house uh, said, "You know, I, it looks a little awkward as a as a figure." So we, I just rephotographed, you know, held them, rephotographed it, right. and then uh, did heavy Photoshop in it. Are we ever going to see Northguard, Captain Canuck, and Major North in action together? I would love that. I I would love that. We'll we'll see. That's Chris trio to Chris Yao has been extraordinarily busy this year. Thank yeah. God. Uh, well, we're frequent collaborators, and some of them are on my my projects that have sort of taken him away including uh, hogtown horror and uh, strange romance but uh, as of now he promised me that he's got a little window and uh, he's gonna he's gonna show me pages uh, he said tomorrow so nice. we'll we'll hold him to that this is on okay, the podcast well, Sam very cool. <laughs> This is what the second, third time you popped up on the show in some sort of way. Oh, cameo! And we've yet let another entire hour go by without straightening out your actual story. So you're gonna have to come (laughs) back again, where we actually do the beginning to proper chronological story of Sam Noir. No worries. Sort it all out in my head, because you do too much awesome stuff, dude. And we got to keep it all together. It's all good. You're early <laughs> enough. I can keep track of your career yeah, kind of from the beginning as we go. Yep. So what's coming up? Are you both going to be in attendance at the Mississauga Comic Expo? I will. I'm going to be in China. I had to cancel That's that. You're but going uh, yeah, yeah, I'm missing so many great events in October that I'm missing. But uh, yeah. November is going to be pretty Hamilton busy as Comic-Con, well. I just officially got uh, my press confirmation for. Oh, awesome. Very cool. So returning, I have one goal, and that's to meet up again with the wonderful Miss Denise Crosby. Oh wow! I, I did her panel in Philly, the great Philadelphia Comic Con. Gotcha. And she did karaoke with my wife. 
And she is amazing. I'm I'm a big fan. I I have to admit I I liked her as a Tasha Yar in Star Trek, but I'm a big fan of hers from from really obscure shows. One of them is called Key West, okay. which was a Twin Peaks esque short lived show that uh, took place with a bunch of quirky characters in Florida. And then the other was uh, she was in I think an episode or two of. Uh, the Red Shoe Diaries, hosted Red by Shoe? yeah, hosted by David with <laughs> Duchovny. Duchovny, yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Well, she had a really cool turn in Walking Dead. There, oh, that's right, she was, she was amazing in that. And she's on Ray Donovan now. Is she really? Yeah. Okay, and great show. Really I'll have to catch turn. up with and that. You know what? I had no idea. I don't know if you know this, but halfway through the uh, through the panel, oh, that she's talking, Bing Crosby's. She's Bing Crosby's yeah, yeah. And she just busted into this on me. I had no idea. Oh, yeah, was yeah. Absolutely clueless. I was uh, like, that's super It was super originally, cool. I think, uh, notorious because um, I think, I, I can't remember, back back in the day she had posed for, for Playboy or that something like that. That was the Star Trek thing. Was and, it the Star Trek well, thing? Okay. That's part of the reason that, like, they're all cool now, and the way she tells the story, it's mm-hmm. not as scandalous as I remember it being. Because I remember it being one of those typical, oh, she posed for Playboy, she's fired. Yeah, type but, thing. but for someone who but wrote so much... It about sexual like you know sexuality in the the yeah. Star Trek universe you'd yeah. think they they wouldn't it fear that so much because she came back to the show oh with yeah Michael Romulan and everything and had so a fantastic arc so she, she's just one of them down to earth totally cool you wouldn't know she was a celebrity if you didn't know her from anything she's just that you know mm-hmm. fun and chatty and, and how stuff. great was she in Walking Dead like oh, she really yeah. sold like the, the you could have yeah. the stereotypical bad guys but she really sold the human how she, face yeah. of how you become, how you become a monster yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and I asked her about that and you go back and listen to her episode okay. and uh and in terms of what she was tapping into, into and yeah. and she said you know it takes a bit to come out of it and she said a lot of the weird part is the the environment there is so helpful like it's literally like you hear some of them say like you come out of a porty light and almost bump into a zombie <laughs> and you're not in that mind frame you're like ah like you know it's just a creepy world that they all kind of live in and she said that uh, I don't think this was on the show but she was telling me afterwards about how a lot of the reason that show they're able to pull off those performances is the heat. Literally, oh. you do not realize how hot they are at those moments that they're filming those scenes that they're just, a lot of the time, just so physically uncomfortable that it comes out so much through the performance that it just adds that extra something. Because mm-hmm. they're in Georgia, the midsummer heat. Yep. Like, they can barely breathe half the time, right? So, you know, it's really cool. But that's that's been the great thing about this show. Not only do I get to talk to people like that, I get to talk to people like you guys and just... You know, I love the way it's all coming together. Like we we're saying, the sidekick—it's awesome. If Christine's just like, come pod anytime. That's what we need. Like you said, like I never got to experience the comic book lounge. You know, mm-hmm. I was a little too late for that. I did the weird thing. I went international yeah, before. Town. <laughs> you know, like I went and got big in Michigan and got a following. You know what? Michigan's before. awesome. I, so I I keep telling we, them they need to secede and become like our next province or part of Ontario, Michigan, Ontario. Um, or you know something like that, you know. Every year I Terrigan. do. I, every year I do the Kids Read Comics really? slash Ann Arbor Comics Arts Festival, and uh, yeah, it feels no different to me. Yeah, it feels no different. They're, they're so yeah, yeah. They're they're so tight there, and and everyone's just so community oriented. I felt welcome. Like five years ago when I went there, I felt welcome 
right away, and yeah. then we all went out to dinner after. Well, the fact that they they hosted the the pizza oh, the and beer drink and draw the night before was right, phenomenal, and we all sat there and and no matter the skill level too, because often I feel well as as you see I've I've morphed into doing more writing than cartooning, but right. I'm I'm never comfortable with my own cartooning skills. Yeah, yeah, I no, like it's I true. Canada, I other than other than talking to a guy in a at the border in a booth like. Very much the same. Flag, yeah? yeah, they're not flag waving, redneck, mm-hmm. any kind of stereotypical stuff you'd see at all. Even the political, like they don't, you don't hear a lot of big political arguments over there or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just chilled out, very Canadian-like people, and uh, I guess that's part of the attachment. I hear the same thing when they come up here; they don't feel much different. Feels like home, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, they get their titties there too. You yep. know, that's, I think that's an added thing. Because yep. all my friends in Michigan, they wake up and they go get their Timmies. Like, you know, <laughs> Timmies is spread through Michigan. Timmies is going to the UK. He just got that word. My yep. good friend Jay Webb. How are you doing, Jay Webb, out there in the UK? Uh, I know you're listening. Um, congratulations, Tim Hortons. is going to change your lives out there. And you know, <laughs> here's the thing, though. They're not huge coffee drinkers in the UK in general. Like, mm-hmm. coffee isn't like... The, but they have tea. It's they important. do. And everyone loves donuts. Yes. Yeah. I think it Maple glaze. You know, and they love their Chinese food, too, which is weird. But oh, uh, while well, we're giving shout-outs uh, to, yeah. to Michigan, I, I should mention... Shout one out. of shout-out round, shout-out round. One of, my, one of my favorite collaborators is uh, Emily Zelasco out of Michigan, who, again, I, I, I met uh, at... Oh, no, I did. I, I was going to say uh, Kids Read Comics, but we actually met at the Great Lakes Comic Con. Okay. And, uh, yeah, she ended up collaborating on uh, my story in the Toronto Comics uh, Anthology Mini uh, with the little dog, Hashiko, about uh, the, the little dog who, who waited. Right, right. And she just does absolutely delight. Next time you're out there, try to find her table because okay, yeah, yeah, she does yeah. absolutely delightful Do you, work. Are you familiar with uh, Ball and Chain? What's Ball and Chain? Oh. What's her name? I think her name was Stephanie. That's who I thought maybe you were talking about. Oh, okay. Really. Stephanie something. I'll have to find out. And she's in Windsor. So she does all those shows. Oh, okay. She's a really cool comic. She's based out of Windsor, eh? Yeah. She's a really cool comic called Ball and Chain. I think it's Ball and Chain or Ball okay. Um, and her name is Stephanie something. Mm-hmm. But I'll have to look it up. She's a sweetheart, too. But there's just so many nice people. Have you done the, any of the Windsor shows, by the way? I any of the Windsor cons. Uh, I, I got to go up to uh, Syndicon, the comic book Syndicon. Because, you know, Mike and Jolie, and mm-hmm. they're awesome. And I'm really disappointed uh, I'm missing uh, RetroCon this year. It was formerly right. the uh, uh, Windsor Christmas Con. And, oh. and uh, Paul Souls, yeah. the voice of Spider-Man yes. from the 66 series, yes. is coming That's back amazing. to that show. That's why I always go and, to the toy shows, because I don't collect toys, but I go to the Burlington and the, especially Meadowvale, because they always bring in the voice nice, actors. The and were you at the one that Jim Cummings was it like two years ago? Uh, likely. Dollar Man and Jim. Cummings. Oh yes, 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 yes. This is two of them were the guests. Unfortunately, again, not oh, now. Man. I'm always stuck behind my table right, in the show, right. and I never get to go like, around. Oh. I never get to meet guests. Dude, I met Pooh Bear, and I talked to Tigger, <laughs> man, and he did Hondo. For oh, him. that's you know, awesome! From, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the Clone Wars, but it was very, very sweet of him because Aaron, my wife, she was sick that day. And she really wanted to come meet him because she's a big Pooh fan. Mm-hmm. So he recorded a little get well message for her as Pooh, uh, saying, you know, I hope you hold, dear, I hope you feel better. And then he switches right over to Tigger because he does both. And he's like, they bouncy. And he's, it was the most beautiful <laughs> little thing. He was such a sweet guy. But yeah, I love those shows for that. Um, we keep talking forever. 
So we'll does Steph have one? Now. Anything to plug? Anything what's to plug? what's coming up? Where where are you gonna be? Uh where am I not gonna You're be? You're gonna be in altered states <laughs> with Comics Skeleton AP. With Skeleton AP. Road in Clarkson every yes. Wednesday afternoon. Yes, the... I'll be there on uh, the end of October for the um, Halloween Comic Fest. Yes. I will be in Chatham on the eighth. Oshawa on the 15th, Mississauga Comic Expo on the 22nd, Articon on the 23rd, and that's my October. Nice. <laughs> and then November, really busy as well. December, really busy as well. So Very nice. Chances that's great are to hear, though, a lot of shows. Are you going to try to do fan days? I, yeah, fan days is I on my list. Fan days is amazing. I actually am going to be at two was. Christmas oh, shows yeah. this year. I think they need to push the Christmas aspect more. Like uh, like seeing all the Harleys in Christmas out just added. Well, so you've got a, a cool uh, Christmas card. No, yeah. Oh, that's right. We have the Skeleton AP Christmas cards yeah. now. Nice. I usually buy a couple Christmas cards when I'm there because I, I was at one and I bought a couple. There's some people who make some really neat stuff now. We, yeah. Oh, I was I was gonna say we we should put the website too. Yeah, yeah. We just uh, we got a launch the Skeleton AP website. Oh, there's a website. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Jupe.ca/skeletonap. Nice. And you can buy. Not only the comic there for folks that are beyond Toronto, but uh, Steph designed some amazing uh, green cards, uh, buttons, and delightful bookmarks. prints. So and bookmarks. And the bookmarks. Do you want to plug the leggings? The leggings. That's my geeklegs.com website, where I sell all sorts of uh, pop culture leggings. I ship them by Canada Post. There's no tax on them, and I sell those at sh- most shows where I'm not an artist, Sally, but I'm a vendor instead of an artist. Canada Post. Good old Canada Post. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I, I've been getting something from them delivered to me over the past few weeks, and when it's standard, I get it in two days. Yep. But when it's express post, it takes you get a week. It in the week, yep. And I'm like, how? Oh, and every time it says there's a processing error. Yeah. And uh, it gets sent to like, Toronto first or something, you know? But I don't know if I told you about this, Sam. Right here. What's this? I am legal. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. See, yeah. look at the other side. Yeah, I know, I need oh, it. medical <laughs> <laughs> uh, And it's only going to be good till April now when the whole country is going to be good. And there you go. So there it is. Sam Noir, Stephanie Lyon, Skeleton AP, number one. Mm-hmm. Where can they get it right now? Altered States, Altered States, Paradise Comics, and... Uh, online. Online, yeah. And, and any dozens and dozens of shows that uh, Steph and I will be doing together and separately and we have all up and down Canada. central Ontario. We have a calendar on the website where I'm slowly but surely adding all the shows to. Nice. And when are you going to China? Uh, October. Okay. So three weeks in October. Missing some shows, but uh, it'll be exciting to, to be check awesome. it out. Are yeah, yeah. And that's where you're going to run into Mr. Howard Wong? Uh, in, in Hong it, Well, Hong hopefully. Kong in Hong Kong, yeah. Right, right, right. Hopefully, awesome. if we can find some time, I've got about a, a million. Great, I can't wait to talk with him again too. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. No, he's been posting some some great toy stores and the food. Oh yeah, my God, yeah. I I gotta write down well, some that, of the things he's been posting there. That guy Jimmy, I was telling you about the Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. He's also a Bandai freak. Oh wow! So I heard about Howard <laughs> working for Bandai and writing for them. Oh yeah. He's like, oh my God! So I hooked them up on Facebook, and they were like, hey, yeah. And then, like, the next day, he left and went back. Of and course. So he's got to hook him up and everything. But uh, all these wonderful people in the community, as we've been blabbering on about, people, please get out there and support um, 
there was so much that we kind of plugged in there. Ty Templeton's comic book boot camp. It will change your life. It That's, changed my life. Uh, no, uh, a more generous person you will never meet in terms of his his knowledge and his experience and and just such a such a wonderfully generous mentor to right. not just Steph and I but everyone who's ever been in his class or, or over in the I embassy live a and throw from him and I can say hey Ty can I drop by and show you this and he'll say sure come on over nice I guess they're going over there and just like doing like a weekly pod <laughs> well that's he's got some great stories was, is that family is amazing that they're they're kind of open enough when you're friends with them all on social media not that they're like mm-hmm. regular family but they're a really cool family you oh yeah yeah tight and have cool kids oh yeah and do lots of fun stuff together and you know they've done something as right as parents mm-hmm. as you can see is what i'm saying mm-hmm. and uh you know they kind of sometimes they get the impression they raise their kids to just always think it's the 90s it's beautiful <laughs> beautiful time in the world right god bless you guys for hanging out thank you for chilling. having us it's been an awesome afternoon it was amazing thank you sir for letting us uh, thanks matt you are awesome, awesome as well. and thanks to doug shout uh, out to uh, doug to yes doug. and peter of Paradise Comics. Doug and Peter of Paradise Comics. Uh, sorry, they just confused me because it's Dave and Doug. Yeah, Dave and Doug. <laughs> so we got a couple of comic selling Dugs in out there. Yeah, yeah. We've been uh, around for 30 years. So. Support uh, these guys. Support your GTA Ontario Canadian comic community. Uh, kids, that's all we're going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy.